In this week's In-Ear Insights, we as marketers love to tell great stories. We love to have a great product that is exciting, revolutionary, world-changing, you know, everything from cool uh, AI tools to things like Apple's new goggles. Everybody loves to talk about a great product. But sometimes a product is important and is useful, but is boring. Uh, for example, industrial concrete. Very hard to get excited about a new mixture of industrial concrete, even though it's stronger and it makes for safer bridges and buildings. It's tough to market a boring product. So Katie, when you think about products and services that are commodities, products and services that are not the most exciting things in the world, even things like Google Analytics, how do you, what do you do to help make a product less boring when you're marketing it? Well, and so I feel like it's the whole beauty is in the eye of the beholder kind of thing. And so you might find industrial concrete to be incredibly boring, but the right audience, the right market, engineers, uh, contractors, construction workers are going to be really excited to learn about these things. You know, chemists, people who are like really interested in the composition of it. And so not every product is for every person, you know, so you're really passionate about artificial intelligence. I would place a bet that there are times when in your household, maybe sitting around the dinner table, you kind of get a lot of eye rolls from your family because maybe they're not as passionate about artificial intelligence. The same is true at my house around the dinner table. When I talk about change management or, you know, whatever I'm working on, I might get the head nod and the blank stare of like, is this conversation over yet? Because it's not <laughs> of interest to the other person. Um, right. That doesn't make it boring. That just, I think we need to reframe the, the question or the topic because what's boring to me might be really exciting to you. I could give, you know, two flying figs about, DC and Marvel and Star Trek and Star Wars and all that stuff. I don't care. To me, it's boring. To you, it's really exciting and interesting. That's my personal opinion. But there's a huge market for DC and Marvel and Star Trek and Star Wars. I just happen to be the wrong market. So I think that it's really focusing on, like, if you have a product like Industrial Concrete, if you're struggling to market it, you're marketing to the wrong audience. The right audience is going to be really excited about it. Gotcha. This is a question that came from an event we were at, a marketing process event uh, that was uh, someone was asking about how you would market something like ball bearings, yeah, uh, which again are not uh, are, are not something that a whole lot of us think a lot about, uh, and it's certainly not something that we spend a lot of time discussing. But if you are in that industry, you do have to sell them. You do have to market them. So you start to think about the way I would approach it is I would first try to figure out like what are how, how are ball bearings used? What are the different things that are reliant on a ball bearing? And so, you know, my first thought, and this is, you know, because I know very little about ball bearings, is there's like an 80s game that was literally like you'd shoot ball bearings at each other through this like, it was this board and sort of like this like uh, spring-loaded thing where you would shoot the ball bearings at each other. I, as a marketer, would think, okay, let's think of all the really fun things that ball bearings are a part of, 
and then take out the ball bearing and show how not fun these things are now that because they're reliant on ball bearings and tell that story of like, oh, you want to play this really cool game where you shoot your friends with these little, you know, metal pieces. Try doing that with a piece of cotton. It's not so fun anymore. <laughs> I mean, the mo- most of the time they are used to uh, for rotating joints to make the joints uh, more durable and last longer because um, the nature of the way they work is they, they have there's less friction. Mm-hmm. in the joint so it rotates easier so if you ever seen like a lazy susan you know that's got a bunch of ball bearings in the, in yeah. the bottom of it so but i think that that to me is like that would be a really interesting way to show the usefulness of a ball bearing is try to use a lazy susan without ball bearings you just have a shelf <laughs> you have a round shelf right um, and that's not super that's not really helpful and so you can start to tell that story around why a ball bearing you don't have to get into like and a ball bearings help the joints and they move the thing like that is sort of very technical and nobody really cares but if you show the practical application of what happens when you don't have this what happens if you don't have industrial concrete guess what you're landlocked you're not going anywhere that's true so in these cases though you're still dealing with commodity Mm-hmm. Um, stuff. So, what differ? How do you differentiate yourself? A real classic example. We can bring it close to home. We are obviously uh, a, a management consulting firm. We do a lot of marketing analytics. Um, as of recently, we have been uh, going uh, all uh, all out on getting people fixed up for things like the move to uh, to Google Analytics for what makes someone look at the content we put out, like our our GA4 course and go, huh, I like this better than these 800 other people who also do Google Analytics consulting. A lot of that comes down to you and me, honestly. Um, You know, people like the way that you present information. People like the stories that I tell in the newsletter And so then our job is to take what we know and our personalities and our expertise and turn it into something useful. Now, I'm not for everybody, and that's fine. But the people, it's true. Believe it or not, there are people who don't like me. I know, they're few and far between. Um, But the people out there who don't like me, that's fine. I'm not going to spend my time trying to convince them to like me. What I'm going to do, which is more valuable, is to continue to retain the audience that I have built that does like the work that I do. We're, ask them, what do you need? What would you find valuable? And then give them those things. Um, you know, I guess, I suppose the same could be said of you, Chris. There may or may <laughs> not be people out there who don't enjoy you, but the people who do stick around. They want to know more because they want to learn from you specifically. And that's tough because you can't necessarily say, okay, this is the magic thing. You and I know, for example, the combination of the two of us is something that nobody else can recreate. And I believe it was just yesterday in our analytics for marketers Slack group that somebody called our, you know, the rapport that we have magnetic. You can't replicate that. That's a hard sell, but that's a differentiator because nobody else in the world has a Chris Penn and a Katie Robert. 
it's a differentiator, but how do you market that? How do you communicate that to other people in a compact, efficient way that says, this is why you should buy analytics consulting from Trust Insights versus this firm or that firm or the, the, this other firm? You have to start to dig into the things that are classically boring, like our expertise, our experience, our credentials, um, but also testimonials from other people who have worked with us and what their experience was. So almost like getting, you know, Yelp reviews for consulting agencies, you have to get those testimonials because you and I telling people that we're awesome and entertaining, it's going to fall on deaf ears. Other people saying Chris and Katie together are awesome and entertaining. People will pay attention to that. That sounds an awful lot like public relations. Hmm. Weird. (laughs) Um, in that context though uh, if you are on the buying side um, Mm -hmm. how do you what are the differentiators when you're out to buy a a a commodity product for example social media listening software Mm -hmm. obviously you have the the user stories and and stuff Mm -hmm. that and the requirements you've you've done up in in front but even still you're still going to have four, five, six, seven vendors who all can match the user story that you've put together at what, how do you then start to differentiate based on their marketing to say, okay, okay, this is one, this one we'll put on the short list. This one we won't. It's tough because marketing is something that needs to be, you need to reach people at an emotional level. Mark, like what, let me go back in time a little bit. When I worked Uh, a few jobs ago, we didn't have a marketing team. And so the stakeholders were struggling with things like value propositions and slogans and all that stuff. And so the best they could come up with for the product that we were trying to sell was saves time, saves money. That was all we could say about it. Um, I mean, that wasn't all we could say about it, but that was the most succinct thing. And that was the thing that went on the website, that was the thing that went on the flyers, saves time, saves money. That describes well, a frying pan. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is it doesn't tell me anything. But to talk to someone who, you know, did the research on this tool and who built it, there was a lot of information about why, you know, this particular tool was different from everything else in the market. But there was no marketing because what we couldn't figure out how to do was to take this whole clinical trial, this whole idea, this hypothesis that we were able to prove and bring it down in a succinct way that really, you know, uh, hit on the emotion and the physical toll that being a substance abuse uh, counselor is. And the reason it saved time, saved money was because you, the substance abuse counselor wasn't going to have to sit with every single patient doing an intake, but you could get the same exact information as if you did. You could then focus your time on treating the patient, not on asking them all the questions. And we just, we struggled to tell that story. But as I'm telling that story, substance abuse counselors like, oh, now I get it. Now I understand how it impacts me personally. And so when we think about things like a Google Analytics course. Yeah, there's like 800, 8,000, a million courses, experts, whatever. We, our job, Chris, is to reach people at those pain points to say, this is the pain point you have told me you are experiencing. 
this is how I help you relieve your pain. One of the the favorite sayings I've I've heard about this actually comes from our friend Andy Crestadina. Um, when he's talking about conversion rate optimization, and he talks, he's basically said in a very short way, specificity correlates with conversion. The more specific you are, the the better your website copy and your marketing performs. And this is even true with artificial intelligence. Specificity correlates with completion of the task, right? The more specific you are in your directions in a prompt, the better the results you're going to get out of a machine. It's like any creative brief. And when we look at boring marketing, it is boring usually because it it lacks specificity, right? Save time, save money. You're like that's that could be anything. That could be mm-hmm. a, a faster car. That could be uh, a new form of cooking knife. It could be anything. <clears throat> if you were to say our Google Analytics four course will tell you the 17 things that you're going to do wrong if you don't take it, that's a bit more specific because it's it's telling you now. It's not a general overview. It's this is what you're going to do wrong. That's exactly it, and that is what I was saying is you're telling people we can alleviate your pain. We understand your pain points. We solve your problem. And <clears throat> to the other product I was referring to, we didn't, we struggle to articulate, to tell people what problem we were solving, save time, save money. That's not telling me what problem you solve. That's just telling me something that, you know, might be a nice side effect. Right. Our, our other friend, Tamsin Webster, often says uh, in presentations that nothing builds rapport and empathy faster than skillfully restating the problem. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I sort of turn it back to you, Chris. Like, what is our differ- differentiator with our Google Analytics course, for example? With our course, it is the practical application for marketers of Google Analytics 4 to make decisions specifically about marketing channels. Because one of the things that's different about the way we use Google Analytics and the way we talk about it, we spend a lot of emphasis on sources, on mediums, on channel groupings, on attribution. We don't spend a lot of time on content, for example. You know, we don't, that, it's in there, it's in the course, but that's not where we spend the time. We spend a lot of time on governance and making sure that the tracking data is right. So our specific take on Google Analytics is this will help you better understand what is working in your marketing um, from a, an attribution perspective. We spend that's, that's really been our focus for a while. And so if you are looking for content analytics, this course will probably not help you all as much as you want. Right, you there. There have to be a separate course specifically on using it just for content analysis, um, and it's certainly something we could do, but it's not what's in there. If you are sitting around going, ah, "I have no idea what's working in my marketing," and I'm about to write my 2024 budget, um, and I really would prefer not to waste uh, another million dollars, this course will tell you how to do that so that you can say, okay, now I know what didn't work this year because I know I spent a hundred thousand here and I got five, I got a hundred thousand here, I got 30 and so on and so forth. That's in terms of specificity. That's what we really harp on. We really harp on governance, cleanliness of data and attribution. And I, I would argue that most people feel like governance data quality, uh, cleanliness of data 
are boring things. They are. They're boring things that people don't want to do, which is why after people take our course, they're still like, so can we just hire you to do this? Because <laughs> we don't want to do it. But, and so, you know, when we started this conversation, I was talking about, you know, the fun <laughs> examples. The other way you can take it, if you have a quote unquote boring product like data governance and data quality is to tell the horror stories. Because either way, you're trying to evoke some kind of emotion out of your audience to react to go, you know what, I do need this thing. It either makes me really happy or it makes me really scared. Um, and so it really depends on, you know, what the thing is like, telling people that they'll have really good data governance really doesn't land. It doesn't make people happy unless you're me. But if you have people like, you know, I guess basically every other marketer who isn't me, who doesn't really give again to flying figs about data governance, because it's not their world. If we help them understand all of the pain and misery that they will experience, if they don't have good data governance, that helps us tell the story and helps us demonstrate why they need to work with us. Because we can say, we know this is what's going to happen to you. However, we're here to save the day. We can help you fix this before it happens. You do not have to go through 18 months of being audited by a federal agency because you screwed up your data governance. Talk through uh, our friend Ginny Dietrich's heaven and hell exercise. So the heaven and hell exercise is very, you know, it's, you know, along the lines of this. So the heaven is you write down or you sort of go through and explain the heaven that someone will experience by working with you, by buying your product, by subscribing to your service. This is the heaven that they will experience. They will no longer worry if their data is correct. <clears throat> they will no longer worry that the FDA is going to come knocking at their door with a million dollar fine because they, you know, mistakenly started, you know, it, analyzing HIPAA data, for example. The hell is the same exercise, but in reverse, all of the terrible things that you will experience emotionally, maybe physically, depending on the product, if you don't work with us, if you don't buy our thing. And so sort of the flip side of that is the hell is if you don't have good data governance is the FDA will come knocking at your door with a million dollar fine because you were analyzing HIPAA data. And so telling that story st starts to resonate with individuals because like, oh, you know what? I can see that happening. That is something that keeps me up at night. Let me go ahead and hire Trust Insights to restructure my organization, to set up my MarTech stack, to clean up my data governance, to analyze these piles and piles of data to you know bring me more even more revenue. And I'm gonna sleep like a baby every single night. I like that. So how what order do we put these tools in? We have things like the heaven and hell exercise. We have um, un the emotional impact, the consequences. We have specificity um, and being being clear about what it is that we do. We have our uh, our tools for understanding what it is that we we have for sale and, and how we explain it to other people. How do you put these things together? I would say first and foremost, you need to understand who you're solving a problem for and what the actual problem is. A lot of times there are 
solutions in search of a problem. And that's really hard to market because nobody asked for this thing. Nobody said, you know what would be good? I would love to have a VR headset that's going to make me dizzy and bring me off to a different world. I'm sure people did ask for that. I personally didn't ask for it. So it doesn't solve a problem for me. And so again, I'm not the target audience for this. So if they're trying to market to me, they're wasting their money because if they took 5, 10, 15 seconds to talk to me, they would very quickly figure out I am not the person they should be wasting their ad dollars on. So first and foremost, you need to know what problem you solve and who you're solving it for. And then you can start to build up those heaven and hell exercises. You can start to do those value propositions, your differentiator from your competitors. But first and foremost, if you don't know who your audience is for this product, boring or not, none of the, the rest of it doesn't matter. Uh, this is uh, this is the truth. Um, for companies with boring products, or you think your products are boring, the other thing to look out for is what is known as the curse of knowledge. Right? You are seeing and hearing about your product all day long, as you should be. It's mm -hmm. your company's product, right? And eventually, you will get bored of it because it's mm -hmm. all you see and hear. That is not the perspective of your audience. That is not the perspective of your customer because your customer isn't seeing and hearing about your product all day long. They are seeing it sometimes for the first time when they have a problem. And for them, everything is fresh and new because they're like, oh, my Google Analytics just caught on fire. Who mm -hmm. <laughs> and and you know, we're over here going, oh my God, this is the 28th Google Analytics for repair since we've done this week. Um, it, it's boring. And, and But a customer's like, Someone please save me because uh, I have 21 days as the day of this recording. I have 21 days to fix this before, before everything falls down. Mm -hmm. So that was, that's, I get what offers the last counterpoint is you do have to step out of your world and into your customer's world to mm -hmm. see your marketing from their point of view. I think this is where having a community doesn't have to be a, you know, formal community. It can literally just be, you know, talk, picking up the phone, talking to a couple of customers, feedback surveys, but having some kind of community and customer feedback is very helpful there. So if you're part of our free Slack group, Analytics for Marketers, uh, which you can find at trustinsights.ai slash analytics for marketers or trustinsights.ai slash AFM, you will see that I ask a question of the day every single day. One of the reasons I do that is to help me step out of that curse of knowledge. Because for a long time before we started the community, it was all day, all long, trust insights, this is all we do. So this is all I know. So I'm having a hard time putting myself in the shoes of someone else. Now, every single day, I've asked for well over a year, almost a year and a half, maybe two, a different question every single day related back to marketing, except on Fridays. Uh, Fridays is the fun question today. It was about aliens, for example. Um, but four out of the five days, I'll ask a marketing related question that helps me see things from a different perspective. 10 times out of 10, somebody gives an answer that I wouldn't have given because it it's not me. And it helps me see what else is going on outside of our little Trust Insights ecosystem. So for brands that are have that curse of knowledge, look to your customers, look to your communities, look to 
even look to your competitors. What, how are your competitors talking about things? Because they're trying to do it the same, but better, maybe a little bit differently. So what are they doing? Um, so yeah, you have to look outside of your own bubble. Exactly. And if you've got some thoughts that you would like to share about this, please do join the Slack community. It's right here. Go to trustinsights.ai slash analytics for marketers, where you and over 3,200 other marketers are asking and answering each other's questions every single day. And wherever it is that you watch or listen to the show, if there's a platform you would rather have it on instead, we probably have it. Go to trustinsights.ai slash TI podcast. We can find us on almost every major service. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank <laughs> you.